Welcome to the fourth and inches podcast with your hosts, Stuart Love, Sukdeep Puni, and Ryan Edwardson. Well, everyone, welcome to the flagship show. How's everyone doing? For me personally, it's great to have the team back after two weeks. Um, obviously, two weeks ago, we had an issue with our host um, that we, we have the, the, the podcast on, um, so we had to actually record individually. And then last week, I had some really, really bad kidney stones. Mr. Tribbiani, I'm afraid you've got kidney stones. Uh, well, what else could it be? It's kidney stones. <laughs> or kidney stones. But if it was something else. Well, that would be kidney stones. And thanks to Soup Deep for pointing that out from friends. Kidney stones. <laughs> <laughs> but all I can say is thank F Bleep that I just passed my final kidney stone. So it's been 11 weeks of absolute torture. And I know, Ryan, you've had kidney issues in your life. It's not fun. It's not fun. No, it's not fun. Congratulations. They're all I feel, Yeah, I feel, I feel like I've, I've achieved something massive in my life now. So, yeah, I've, yeah. I've been through it. I've been through it. But anyway, Superman, so, how are you doing, my boy? That's the only thing you've ever passed in your whole life as well. So congratulations. <laughs> I think it is. <laughs> yeah. I think it is the only thing I've ever passed. But how, how are you doing, Sue? How's the last two weeks treated you? It's been fine. Uh, I think I took uh, some time off. Thank you, Ryan, once again, um, for filling in for me on the officiating podcast. Um, absolutely killed it as well. Yeah, Amazing job. Absolutely Amazing killed job. it. Um, you, I'm, out, I'm, out, I'm out of a job. And, <laughs> you, you yeah, know, I, know, I noticed it didn't get offered this week, actually. That's true. <laughs> no, any time, Ryan, you want to step on, mate, you're good to go, to be honest. I'm, I'm abs- I could happily take the break you know, now and again. So if you ever want to jump on, Feel free, mate. I haven't got no issues with that. You're a massive part of this podcast. And, you know, as I say, you did a, a really good job, um, you know, to be honest. So we're like... Um, as, I mean, what... as you'll know, uh, sorry, Sue, as you'll know, Ryan, I mean, Roger is an absolute joy to talk with. Oh, yeah. You, you mm. could just literally sit and just talk to him for hours because he's just, his, his knowledge is phenomenal. Did you enjoy doing the show? Yeah, very much. It's, it's literally like just sitting down in the corner of a pub and just... You know, shooting the breeze with somebody yeah. who knows a heck of a lot about American football. Yeah, I mean, Suk, you love doing it with, like, doing it with Roger. That sounds quite bad, but... <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but love doing the show um, with Roger. But I know you guys are desperate to rip me <laughs> the Steelers Washington. I know, I've just, I've been dreading this. I'm like, guys... Uh... Can I be honest? My head's completely spinning at the minute. So before we came on the air... I was doing the simple task of my wife telling me, can you just blow out these two candles that uh, are in the kitchen? Um, and I was like, fine. First one, one blow, gone. I thought, this is brilliant. Second time, guess how many times it took me to blow that freaking candle? <laughs> Have a guess. 
Have a is, guess. Is this a bit? I'm confused. What's no, listen, this, <laughs> this is legit. This is a, this is a legit story. <laughs> like five times. More. I've seen seven or oh, four. More. Oh my god. Oh no. I've never been so embarrassed in my life. <laughs> Twenty-four what? times. <laughs> I literally was questioning whether I was like if I was like still alive and I had any like sort of you know breath or anything. I was like, what's going on? Oh, Suke man, I love you. I literally thought I was gonna get burnt as well. Because I thought I'm, I'm going right into it. <laughs> but, I know, honestly, yeah, I just wanted to share that story with you, lot. Yeah, and to our listeners, yeah, we're back. We're back with a vengeance. But I mean, I don't know what you guys have got to say about that Washington um, game. But oh, man, it might it be was... good for you. It might be good because you, you that monkey's off your back in terms of having the perfect season. Well, I will go into that. I mean, but what the f are Ibram and Johnson doing with their hands? I mean, dropping more than I've ever seen. Um, we're not getting Juju and Claypool into games as much as we should. Granted, obviously they get covered really, really tough. Um, but change things up. Put Claypool in the slot. You know, he's got the power to help him like Juju does. But as you said, Sue, in a in a, a way, I'm really glad we lost. I mean, I'm... but I'm not. We needed a kick up the backside. Yeah, but the thing is, some of your players were just losing it in the first few minutes of the game. Was it Juju who just throwing his helmet about in the first couple yeah. of minutes? And I was like, Yeah, yeah. So what? What are you doing, Sunshine? You got three more quarter, three and a half quarters to play. You know. Yeah, I mean, the Steelers dropping the ball as much as we have. I mean, that is a, a real concern. Obviously, we've got the Bills that are, are going to be coming up. Um, I don't think they worry me too much. I mean, probably these guys are probably going to think that oh, Buffalo are going to steamroll us all over. But, you know, when you look at Buffalo, I mean, I've been watching a bit of tape on Buffalo um, because it's going to be an interesting matchup. But Buffalo are 6-0 this year when Josh Allen has a 100 QP rating and higher. Um, you know, the Steelers um, are number one against opposite uh, quarterbacks in terms of passer ratings against them in the league. So, you know, we've got 73.8% passer rate, and both teams throw, and the offence are really quite similar. I mean, really, I mean, if you look at Buffalo and the Steelers, you know, we're very, very similar. Uh, Buffalo do, though, have five more rushing attempts against us um, this year. This is what's really interesting, and I pulled this up earlier. Allen has 87 rushing attempts. That's more than Benny Snell has. <laughs> they're running backs on... <laughs> Yeah, but it, literally, they're running backs, though. Um, Zach Moss and Singletary, they literally very rarely even get double-digit carries in a, yeah. in a game. It's it's so random the way that their running backs are used. But I mean, for us to really put a stamp on this weekend, we really need to see Connor get 25 touches. Mm. I mean, Buffalo can run. I mean, they really do. I mean, um, I was looking earlier, they, they allow 4.7 yards per carry. I mean, they're a very, very well-coached team. But their D is not impressive at all. And that's one thing that I've noticed in the last sort of five, six games. They've allowed 19 touchdown passes. They're, they're, I mean, they're only allowing 249 rushing per game. They have played, obviously, Mahomes and Murray. And obviously, they boys can run. I mean, they can seriously run. But against the Dolphins and Fitzmagic, they gave up 311 passing yards. Um the Rams was 311 passing yards. There was 297 passing yards against the Raiders. 
Mahomes actually had um, 221, but the Chiefs overall ran for 245. The two games against the Jets was interesting. The first game, they gave up 202 yards. The second game, they gave up 191. There was 161 to the Patriots. You had 362 to um, your team, uh, Ryan, the Seahawks against Wilson. It was 236 to Kyle and Murray, but they gave up 217 on the grounds. Um, there was 219... Um, against the, the Chargers, 316 it was, I think it was, to the um, 49ers with, is it, who's the QB now, the, the back up there, Mulhall? Mullins. Mullins, yeah. Um, but I think Big Ben, or I think we'll hit the D hard. I mean, in 13 weeks in, the Bills are, their D is bottom 10 all round. I feel quite confident that we can do something in this game. Yeah, the D's not been great all season long. No, so, no. I, I think you've definitely got the better defence. I think they've got the better offence. So it's, it's going to be it, a good It's quite it's an good. evenly matched up game. Oh, yeah. A very evenly matched up game. I, but we just need to really, you know, <laughs> catch the ball. <laughs> that does help. <laughs> but it's amazing to be back. We are going to obviously start with our Week 13 uh, recap. And who we got up first? I think we've got you, Sue, because it's Indianapolis. Oh, is it my turn now? Oh, brilliant. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) You've been too busy blowing candles out all night. (laughs) Yeah, don't remind me now. Um, In fact, that's going to be the new intro. It's going to be Elton John, Candles in the Wind. That's the the new podcast intro. Yeah. Why not? Why not? (laughs) But moving on to week... 13 so this was a this was actually a good game um in it, terms it of was. the first half anyway so finished Colts 26 Texans 20 Colts move on to 8 and 4 now i believe and yes. the Texans are 4 and 8 Texans have they've improved um since they fired uh, Mr Bill O'Brien so um Deshaun Watson's looking a lot better as a QB um I believe prior to this game, he hadn't thrown a, an interception for quite a while. He, I know he obviously had one in this particular game, but it was really the first half that was sort of the most entertaining where all the actions took place. Second half was just literally sort of dull. I mean, I think we only had the uh, the safety play there, you know, in the fourth quarter, which resulted in uh, the Colts getting the win. But um, no, very impressive. Philip Rivers uh, look, looking pretty decent there through 285 yards and two touchdowns. Found the early touchdown pass to T.Y. Hilton. Um, I think T.Y. Hilton had one of his better games of the season. I know he's had his injury problems, but the um, I think this was the most receiving yards than he had um, since week one. So, you know, credit to him. Uh, finished on 110 yards and a, a touchdown. So, just goes to show that obviously he's not had, you know, the kind of season we he would have hoped. But T.Y. Hilton, you know, he's still got that sort of talent, although he's obviously getting on bit quite an experienced player but you know when you've got the likes of obviously Pittman Hilton um you know you're probably going to find yourself a bit more sort of open there you know um and get those chances with Philip Rivers throwing you the ball so yeah it was a, it was a good um early lead there for the Colts um to Sean Watson um like I said he, he's playing a lot better now as a QB even though they've lost uh, a couple of players now um so they've released Kenny Stills. Who, who's the player who's been released recently? Also, they've had a, so Kenny Stills has been released, and Fuller's obviously um, 
in some rehab facility, probably. Uh, yeah, because yeah, he's obviously had he's been banned for the season, isn't he? Bless him. So yeah, yeah. Uh, either that, or he's sorting his dreadlocks out. I don't know. Um, so he's he's obviously missing. So you you, you kind of think you know where are the Texans going to find you know um, you know points from you know with all these you know, you know lack of offensive weapons, but. Um, he did a good job with Kiki Kuti. Um, you know, he had one of his uh, brighter games. So I think he was drafted last year, if I remember, or the year before. So he he's not really pulled any strings in the NFL. But he had a very very nice catch, which gave the Texans uh, first down. And then from that um, first down play, Sean Watson rushed in to level the score up at seven seven. Um, and then I think they took the lead for a field goal for Fairburn, and then. Um, the Colts again, you know, first and goal, Naheem Hines, um, you know, with a rushing touchdown, he's having a decent season, you know, bar his silly celebrations. I think he's, uh, you know, coming on compared to what, you know, he's he's done previously in terms of his production there. So, well done to him. Um, second quarter, um, you know, Philip Rivers found uh, Jonathan Taylor uh, for a passing touchdown to make it 21-10. Um uh, once again, Texans, you know, not giving up on this game. Uh, David Johnson made his uh, return after a long injury absence. Um, he got a touchdown to make it 21-17. And then literally after that, it was just, you know, the case of the field goal from the Texans and the safety at the end, but, um, sorry, from the Colts. Um, so, yeah, the Colts move on. They're looking good, potentially, you know, becoming division winners now, especially... Um, you know, with the way the Titans have now sort of um, been picked imploded. apart. Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't say imploded because they've had a couple of results in between uh, the imploding, but they've, uh, they're not looking as strong as they once were. So they need to start picking things up. And the Colts have clearly got the momentum in that division now. So, yeah, uh, credit to Philip Rivers. You know, he obviously was under a lot of criticism early in the year. They seem to have now sorted that out and they're looking a lot, lot better on offense. So... Yeah, uh, enjoyed the first half, but really second half, not much else to sort of talk about, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I think what you're saying about Philip Rivers um, and the way he's been, I think we're starting to see a trend within the NFL as teams that started off poorly are now starting to come hot. And that can be even said for the Cleveland Browns. I mean, look at the Steelers. We've went on that sort of loving game run and now we're like, oh God, are we going to struggle against you know the Bills, the Bengals? The, the Colts, the Browns. So it's interesting to see the, how the, that latter part of the season now, that teams are starting to come really strong, whereas the teams that started off strong are starting to sort of filter away. Yeah, it's all about momentum building, isn't it? And it, it's really obviously is. the right time, like you said, with uh, Steelers losing that, you know, the big test now against the Bills, whether or not they, you know, sort of continue the form or whether it's just like one of those one-off blips. So it'll be interesting. Yeah, no, and it was funny, I was watching Good Morning Football earlier and Nate Burleson said an interesting thing, you know, the Patriots 6-6 six and six, and all of a sudden, you know, they could just go on a burst now and just go and go and... You know what, I've lost... No, let's, let's, <laughs> don't, why would you invoke that? Yeah, you know what, they did, do but, they really compare who's having the better season, Bill Belichick or Sean McVay this season? I know. Like, <laughs> have they got seriously nothing better to talk about except the obvious? Yeah, but it's just interesting, though, as the season goes on, 
would we see the Patriots just sneakily just? But we'll we'll talk about that later. It, uh, it, once we it is actually... interesting because it's everybody looks at the NFL and it's such a short season. It's sixteen games. Yeah. We think the Premier League's thirty-eight. Rugby's always yeah. thirty-plus, something like that. And yet you still have these teams who it's because it's so physical. You have teams who start off really well and just fade down the stretch. And it's generally the ones that can just keep it together towards these like these teen weeks. They're the ones who are going to start challenging. Yeah. I guess that's why they're they're touting the Patriots because they've got the experience and they're not out oh, of it as much as we'd like them to be. But it's it's very odd. Well, who have I got? I've got the the Raiders against the the Jets oh. and. Wow, wow. <laughs> Mr. Greg Williams. Oh, my days. I mean, that was an interesting one. I mean, the Raiders, um, who needed to get on track to, um, to make the, that playoff push after two straight losses, um, they went from being a team no one wanted to face just a week ago to a team outside looking, um, you know, if they were just going to go straight into the, the, the playoffs if it started today. Um, they need to have a season-changing performance without key contributors, uh, Jonathan Abrams, Josh Jacobs, um, Maurice Hurst, um, I hope you're listening, Ollie. Hope you're listening, buddy. But the Jets were coming off, um, well, were coming in playing for themselves, not for their head coach, Adam Gase, um, who will most likely be fired at the end of the year, if not sooner. Um, not for Greg Williams, though. I mean, their defensive coordinator who made waves taking shots at players and coaches this season. They were playing for their futures in what everyone likes to call Gotham City. Um, they could be the spoilers of the Raiders' season like they were last year. Um, when they shell-shacked the, the silver and black 34-3 in week 12. Um, that matchup that was an incredible game. Um, both teams needed this for very different reasons. The Jets are trying to avoid a winless season, uh, while the Raiders have their eyes set on the postseason. Um, it's Clemson's quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, or bust. Whether Well, that's going to be interesting because could he potentially stay at college for another year, which would just put a spanner right in the works. Um but should the Jets obviously keep the, the number one pick for the 2021 NFL draft? As for the Raiders, it's trying to get to the NFL second season with their eyes obviously want to go for the, the Vince Lombardi and the Super Bowl. Um, the Jets had sort of no one to stop the Raiders' leading um, receiver and, and Gruden was determined to feed his monster um, off the rock. I mean, Waller delivered one of his career best performances on Sunday, catching 13 balls for 200 yards and two touchdowns um, every time. Uh, Raiders quarterback Derek Carr needed to really make a big play or just had that big play in him. Waller was on the season end of everything. Um, not having Jacobs due to the ankle injury um, he suffered last week put pressure on Carr to deliver after what had to be the worst game of his career last week. Um, Carr bounced back nicely, throwing for three touchdowns and rushing for another one. He also threw for 381 yards and completing for 28 of 47 passes. Um, the Raiders' defence got off to a slow start and lost first-round pick excuse me, uh, Damien Arnett to a concussion um, on the game's second play. This was the second consecutive week the rookie cornerback had to leave due to a concussion. Jets um, quarterback Sam Darnold started hot, dicing up that secondary, but the Raiders' defence got hotter as the game really went on and forced three um, Darnold turnovers. Um, Celine Farrell had two sacks in his first game uh, back from COVID-19. Um, Tavarian Millen had an interception and continued progression to become one of the game's best young cornerbacks. Darnold had another solid game for the Jets, going 14 of 22 for 186 yards, throwing two touchdowns um, and a rush and rushing for a touchdown. Um, but the Jets' ability to run the ball consistently, really, 
and the play of their defence in the fourth quarter, coupled with Raiders turning the ball over and penalties seemed to be too much to overcome um, for the Raiders. The Jets were seconds away from picking up their first win of the year, while the Raiders would fall to 6-6, six and six, but more importantly, take a huge hit in their playoff chances. But Kerr hooked up with Henry Ruggs III, who was having a tough game to that point with a fumble and a drop that caused the only car interception for a 46-yard touchdown with five seconds left to give the Raiders a 31-28 victory over um, the Jets. Um, I mean, guys, this this was... Is, is it any more obvious or tanking? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously. I mean, I even knew like when it was just getting into that fourth quarter, I was like... You just have to see what the defensive back was doing when Ruggs got that touchdown. I mean, who on earth just reacts that way and comes pushing out forwards when you know the ball's going in the end zone? I I just... And there was so much... He had like 10 yards on him, didn't he? He just literally was... was too easy for him. They seem to have... They've sacrificed Greg Williams to it, haven't they? They seem to have pinned, yeah, they pinned it all on him. Yeah. I don't know whether they just wanted to get rid of him at some point anyway, but I mean, even the players were not impressed with that play call whatsoever. And it's, I think we've said it a few times with the Jets now, you'd rather they just lost easily to, to everybody. You don't, if you're how, a Jets fan, you've got this hope coming up. How can you blame the, the play calling for that last play, though? I, 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 I'm just, I can't fathom a player just literally... Just being so stupid. But you sent like eight players on the blitz. They were trying. I get that you're trying to put a bit of pressure on Carl, but you can't send everybody and leave just no, one guy. No, of course back. not. It's, yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. It's kind of it's, it should be a hail mary play. So at the end of it, you need to have players back there, just making sure your receivers are covered, and and that is it. That's literally it. But because they blitzed. Oh, mate, yeah. that was that was handed to him on a plate. It, it literally was. It's, it's so deflating. Right in but... the breadbasket. Yeah. Oh, it was a great pass. <laughs> but I love that. That's I mean, if, if, if Greg Williams called that defence and you're one of the defenders, do you want to be the one who goes in afterwards, even if you get the stop or whatever? He, you know he's. if you get it, even if you don't, he's going to be annoyed. He's just going to scream at you for the next half an hour because that's what Greg Williams does. I, I mean, obviously, if you I've didn't not, do what you said, I've not worked under Greg Williams, but I, as a professional, I think I would use. <laughs> you would have just sat in the end zone. I would have, I would have, yeah, I would have used my common sense to play in the game for how many years, you know, I would have just, yeah, ignored them. <laughs> I mean, obviously, it, like, if it was just... now. I'm obviously 35 years old, so I'm assuming I've been in the NFL for the best part of 13 years now. 13 year veteran, Sukdeep Pune would have. Would have stayed there because I'm too lazy anyway to move and blitz anyway. <laughs> You've been in the end zone all day. You weren't yeah. moving. That's fine. Yeah. You're not moving. You're just sitting there. Yeah, that's it. All that's day. It. Yeah, it. It does make you think because obviously they've blamed it all on Williams, but um, it does come down to the players as well. Yeah. So I don't know. I, yeah, you're right. If I was them, I'd have looked, heard the play call and just gone, "I'll stuff this. I'm just going prevent." And, and stick three three safeties back there, why wouldn't you? And you know what, Jets fans after the game, I saw that video of them celebrating absolute mm. absolutely embarrassing. You as an organization, as fans, should be ashamed of yourselves. I don't care if I could have Trevor Lawrence as the first pick. At the end of the day, you want your team to win at any cost and 
the fact that you celebrated that, I honestly hope Trevor does a U-turn or you don't get him after that because that's <laughs> yeah, absolutely. absolutely perfect. And you know what? I think, uh, I think want... still we are going to actually have a guest on here soon enough who's actually a former Super Bowl winner with the Jets. So it'll be interesting to get his yes. take on this when we interview him. Um, I, I won't give any names out just yet. It's not Joe Namath, by the way. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what their perspective on this is because I just find this tanking business. I, I'm never, I'm never a fan of it. I mean, every player wants to win. Did you see Mike Tomlin when he was speaking to Chase Young, and he was like, "We don't, we don't get players like you. To get a player like you, we have to lose between sort of twelve to fourteen yeah. games. You, you don't grow on trees." And Mike Tomlin, that's him saying, "I don't want to lose. We've got a winning mentality. We've got a winning culture." And every player must want and to you, win. There's no you way you look they... at that as an example. I mean, okay, yeah, Chase Young, but the Steelers have got TJ Watt. You find if you're a good organization, you will find good players in the draft, whether they're pick one will. or pick twenty. You know, you will find good they're players. They're not a good organization either, though, are they? No, that's the problem. Well, <laughs> I think they know it, and that's why. They're... So, so I, I, don't, I definitely don't agree with celebrating a yeah. loss when it's so close. I can, I, we've had a lot of debates about this, yeah. and I think we'll probably have a few more yeah. when the off season but comes around. It's organizations like but... this that are going to have first round, top five draft picks for the next God knows how many years, and that just shows you how bad of an organization they are. And I feel, I do feel sorry for some fans because I've got some friends that genuinely. You know, real diehard um, Jets fans. Shout out to Brian and Paul, uh, but they're massive Jets fans, and they they, yeah. they were they were wanting the win. Uh, I was talking to them during this whole period, and they were like, "Don't jinx it! Don't jinx it! Ah, oh, you jinxed it!" <laughs> Literally, they were in bits. We've been having a lot of fun in our um, our fantasy league chat, just picking the best Nathan Peterman memes. Just showing him slowly creeping up on Derek Carr, slowly every interception, <laughs> every poor pass. Oh, it's, he, what what's he doing at the moment? He looks so good, then he looks so bad. It's the week before, he had all Carr the fumbling him. issues, didn't he? And yeah, obviously we didn't have a chance to talk about yeah. it, but literally, he was dreadful against uh, the Falcons the other week, and yeah, um, yeah, he's he's got away with it this week, but you know. Anyway. If, they, if they don't make the playoffs, I think he's gone. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. But we'll move on to yourself, Ryan. You've got the, the Jags against Minnesota, which I thought that was quite a, an evenly matched game. Very yeah. good game. Yeah. Yeah, it really was. Uh, yeah, the, the other yes. part of Tank for Trevor. And <laughs> the other part of the, the Vikings randomly trying to tank their own season again because... I mean, they've, oh, yeah. they've got a path to the playoffs. It is still there for them, but they just keep making it so difficult for themselves, don't they? Mm. Right, they... Oh, absolutely. I mean, they've got the they're, books they're... this weekend as well. I'm so nervous about it. That's, I mean, that, I think whoever wins that gets a wild card spot and the other one might. Mm. Yeah. As long as Kirk Cousins throws a few pick, pick, pick cities. Oh, I mean, yeah. If you, if you lose that. Sick, then yeah, they're seven and six, you're seven and six. That's not a position you want to be in. Okay, anyway, uh, yeah, so Jags 24, Vikings 27. This one went to overtime as well, which I don't think anybody was would have guessed that one coming into it. No, and the the Jags so close yet so far, and I think they've had that a good few times. People are really underrating what the Jags have been doing this season because they're not getting the wins. But they've 
forced overtime in this game. They were a two-point conversion away against the Texans. They were a two-point conversion away a few weeks ago as well. They're not a terrible team. They just can't get it done. And it's because they've not got that quarterback that can pull them through. Because they've not got all-star talent on the offense. James Robinson's a great find. DJ Chark's struggled a bit this year compared to last year. Uh, but they, they're youngry, as, they, as everybody says. They're young, they're hungry, they, they want it. But h- how much do they want it? It looks like Minshew's raring to come back, but they're going to stick with yeah. Mike Glennon. Mike Glennon is not not an answer to any question that I I know of. I think with a different quarterback, they probably win this game. He he did okay. His stats look fine. He's twenty eighth of forty two for two hundred and eighty yards, but he only has one touchdown. He's got two really key interceptions. Um, with with somebody else steering the ship, the Jags can take this away from the Vikings because they had an opportunity. They're in the lead from the first drive. They were six nil up because, well, their kickers. I don't know who's their kicker this week. Uh, Chase McLaughlin was their kicker this week. He's oh. what their seventh kicker of the year or something ridiculous. But they were <laughs> yeah. up. They were up early. That they went nine nil up. The defense was absolutely swarming the Vikings. The Vikings didn't look like they had any answers to anything. Um, they managed to get a, a drive going to make it nine six at at half time. But then first play of the second half. Kirk Cousins throws an interception straight to Joe Schobert, who passes, yeah. flies in for four. That was a great, a great play, especially to start off a half as well. And you think, hang on, 16-6, the Vikings have not looked good at all in the first half. Is this going to be a, 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 in a week of upsets, is this going to be another upset? But the Vikings really just came back and wrestled control of the game away from the, the Jags and... Jags defense, who were the main unit for this team, just didn't get any help from the offense at all. They tired out. They're on the field so much. The Vikings take control. They get a touchdown straight after that interception. Get another touchdown after that, and they're in the lead, 19-16. Then there's a very strange sequence of plays where the Jags fumble the ball. The Vikings take it down to their two-yard line. Dalvin Cook looks like it's a a walk-in. He fumbles with the first play of the fourth quarter, turns it over, the Jags get the ball, and then the Vikings score a safety. You, you really can't make some of this sort of, sort of stuff up. And then after yeah. that, the, the Jags, they, they pulled it back again because the, the Vikings went up 16-24. Mike Glennon leads a 80-yard drive with two minutes left to, with a two-point conversion to tie the game, send everything to overtime. A couple of missed field goals later, but I just think there's there's never it's the same with the Jets. You just knew something was going to come and take it away at some point because they're just not clicking there right now. Yeah. So yeah, the, the I mean the Vikings gave them a chance again the, in overtime. The first series three plays, absolutely nothing doing for the Vikings. But then Mike Lennon throws the killer interception, sets the Vikings up with great field position which is basically what had been happening all game and they kicked the field goal that they should have kicked a lot earlier on in the game but these the Vikings they're not going to survive this against good teams um, so it's, it's not looking great for their playoff push right now 
Uh, oh, I don't know. I mean, I'm worried that they're going to have a bit of momentum now. Just you know, when you just get one of those sort of scrappy wins, and then all of a sudden you just got that bit of buzz around you. I'm hoping that's not the case, but that's what I worry yeah. for them against the Bucks. Very much, very much like Washington, Washington against the Steelers. No, but the Vikings shouldn't be having these scrappy wins. It's okay to get a scrappy win if you're a scrappy team. They shouldn't be a scrappy team. Mm. You've got Dalvin Cook, who scored the most touchdowns in the NFL. You've got, a, what, an $83 million quarterback. You are not a team of scrappy wins. It's, it's yeah. Yeah, I suppose the Eagles, they've got $110 million <laughs> It doesn't mean anything if they're not good enough, does it? No. <laughs> But yeah, it was, it, well, it was a very good game. It was very back and two. There were 31 different possessions. Um, the safety today, there have been a quick stat of the day 15 safeties have been scored this year. Wow. That's one more than the entirety of last year. There was a lot this week, wasn't there? Wow. Yeah, there was loads to say. They're all over the yeah. places. But, so yeah, it was, a, it was a good game to watch. Poor Jags fans, but I think, I think they're tanking probably just as much as the Jets are now, which is a shame to see. Because I, I think Minshew's got something there if you can get people around him. But it looks like they're going for Justin Fields. Very interesting. Very interesting. Well, thanks for that, Ryan. And over to you, Suk, who you've got is New Orleans Atlanta. Yeah, what a joke, Ryan. Honestly, giving me two... <laughs> Two of my not arch nemesis to talk yeah. about. Oh no! Did, did I do that? Oh, yeah, you did. Yeah. So it finished uh, Saints twenty-one, Falcons sixteen. So the Saints now um, are ten and two. Falcons are now four and eight. So the Saints are actually now officially in the playoffs. Uh, not that we had any doubts and. Taysom Hill finally throws for a touchdown for the first time since his senior year at BYU back in 2016. So, uh, for a quarterback, he's not, uh, yeah, he's not, he's not done too much. But then again, you know, he's not played um, too much as well as he excessively. So you, you got to give the boy the benefit of the doubt as well. But no, he had a he had a decent game, I thought, to be honest. Um, New Orleans Saints as well. They're, you know, obviously, they're renowned for their top defence this year. They actually gave up their first touchdown since mid-November, I want to say. So, you know, that's a fantastic achievement via their defence just to allow that. But in terms of the game plan, how it went, um, as I say, quick start. Uh, Taysom Hill, I believe, had a massive, massive 40-yard run which set up their first drive and... Taysom Hill then connected with Traycon Swift for a 15-yard touchdown in the first quarter, which was obviously, like you said, his first senior, well, his first touchdown um, in the NFL as a quarterback um, in, in the passing sense, should I say. I have to keep correcting myself now. And then he added another one before halftime um, on an 11-yard pass to Jared Cook. So uh, Michael Thomas, to be honest, since... Um, Taysom Hill has sort of, you know, been the QB. He's not been sort of, uh, he's been a bit quiet, but I mean, I mean, he's still getting the yards and everything, but he's not showing that um, explosiveness and, you know, that big game ability there. But um, it'll be interesting to see what it'll be like when, you know, Drew Brees comes back. I'm sure, you know, he'll, things will pick up there. Um, nothing much on the Falcons offense. I thought they struggled quite a lot. It was one of those games where, 
a typical Falcons team, you know, you have one fantastic week against the Raiders where you're, you're literally on fire. And, you know, yeah. I think that game they had Gurley and Julio Jones out, surprisingly. Then this time, obviously, you get them back in and you do nothing on offense. So it's just a bit bizarre. Um, obviously, the first, um, you know, coup getting three field goals tells you everything, you know, you need to know uh, about their first half, really. N- nothing much going on offense there. It was 14-9 um, at the half. Um, in the third quarter, um, the Saints brought the running game back into it with Alvin Kamara getting the 11-yard run. And, yeah, um, the Falcons left it, you know, with about seven and a half minutes to go. I think Gage got the touchdown on a 10-yard pass from Matt Ryan. That was the first touchdown, as I said, the Saints gave up since mid-November to make it 21-16. So it was it was a competitive game at the end, um, although I never really thought the Saints were in danger of losing the game, although obviously the score might suggest otherwise that it was yeah, a closer yeah. game. Um, I'd, I'd, even when you know Gage got that touchdown, you thought maybe they'll have a chance, but realistically, I mean, they weren't doing much, as I said. It's, um, obviously, Julio Jones was back. He had a decent game, you know, six receptions, 94 yards. I think Calvin Ridley had five for... 108. So they they um, obviously had some sort of plays, but once again, Julio Jones is one of them. He, he doesn't really do it in the end zone anymore, does he? Like he used to. That's uh, that part of his game seems to have uh, disappeared now. Um, you know, in this age, and once again, he's in that injury report this week as well. So you know, who knows what he's going to be like? You know, he's always game to game with any deci- you know um, game week. So yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, but yeah, Saints obviously running away with the NFC South and deservedly so. I uh, can't complain really, you know, even from a book's perspective. I have to take that bias out and say, you know, they, they're well and truly deserved the division. But we'll see what happens with crutch time. You know, with the playoffs, I'm sure they're going to now start having a bit of a focus on that now. Um, I wouldn't rush Drew Brees back into it anytime soon, to be honest. I think now that you've secured that, obviously you want the number one seed, I get that, but... They could probably maybe afford to rest Breeze for at least another game. Um, yeah, so. it, remind, it reminds me of um, Brock Osweiler and Peyton Manning. Yeah. And Manning was just rested for the end of that season just to get him right for the, for the playoffs. Exactly. I mean, yeah. you want the number one spot, but at the same time, like, yeah, you you, you feel confident balance. in Taysom Hill. I think, yeah, I think they've yeah. got a balance. As long as uh, the running game's on fire, I'd say Michael Thomas, although... He's not getting the touchdowns. He's still got 100-plus yards in this game. So, um, yeah, Saints, Saints look good. But as I say, playoff time, things could unravel for them. So, let's just see what happens. No, absolutely. Um, I'll move right on to my section. And this, oh, I hate to say it, but the Browns, wow. Mm-hmm. Absolutely wow. I mean, this was the Baker Mayfield that, you know, this was the Heisman trophy winner, this was the first round pick, this is the the guy that we've been looking to see for, well not me personally, but you know, the Browns fans have been looking to see for what, three this is three seasons now? Yeah, becoming mm. the end of his rookie deal and as we see in Scotland the Browns absolutely pumped the Titans with a few, like that first half win you know, 41-35 um, the Titans took a major step back in week 13 after losing to the Cleveland Browns 41-35 thanks to a horrific first half of football um, from Mike Vrabel's squad I mean it was just crazy for me the final score doesn't do the Browns justice I mean the overall dominance was just frightening 
Um, you know, the, the Titans trailed 38-7 going into halftime after getting completely pumped in the first two quarters. Um, what was interesting, though, is the Titans did outscore uh, the, the Browns 28-3 in the second half and were able mm. to make it a, a one-score game with under just with just one minute remaining in the fourth quarter. But it was it was too little too late. And while the Titans were able to keep the Browns' elite rushing attack in check, it was Cleveland's passing offence that provided to be the difference. I mean, wow. Baker Mayfield threw for nearly 300 yards and four touchdowns in the first half alone as Tennessee's secondary and pass rush provided zero assistance. Um, offensively, the Titans couldn't get anything going until the second half when the game was already pretty much out of reach. Tennessee also committed three turnovers um, in, in total, um, one of which broke um, the, the back of the, the comeback attempt. But let's be honest here, the game was, as we just spoke about, they are just lost in the first half. The Titans appeared to be on the cusp of having a chance at comeback game until Adam Humphreys bobbled a pass in the red zone um, in the third quarter that led to an interception. Had the Titans completed that drive with a touchdown, they would have actually been down by two scores with an entire quarter remaining. Um, sort of things that I've picked out from this game, I hate to watch the Browns, but this was actually quite impressive. The Browns didn't need um, their league's best rushing attack much in this one, um, but it still broke the century mark. Baker Mayfield threw for 290 yards and four touchdowns in the first half, finishing with 334 yards through the air in total. The Browns were averaging less than 200 passing yards per game coming into this contest. Mayfield threw 33 passes, but the Titans failed to record a single sack and had just one QB hit all game. He had all day in the pocket and picked Tennessee's secondary apart as a result, and I mean, he absolutely tore that secondary apart. The Titans committed three turnovers, including two fumbles and one interception. The pick occurred when Humphreys bobbled a Tannehill pass in the red zone in the fourth quarter, and that effectively squashed you know, Tennessee's comeback bid. Um, in the second half. The Browns were 6 for 7 on third downs in the first half and 10 for 16 overall. I mean, Cleveland was also 4 for 5 in the red zone. Um, Tennessee ran for just 62 yards and 3.4 yards per carry. Um, the ground game was neutralised um, with Cleveland jumping out to a huge halftime lead. Um, the Titans had 431 total yards of offence, but much of that came in the second half when the Browns' defence was just trying to you know, prevent sort of, any sort of big play. Um, the Browns didn't need, obviously... The... I just thought this game was sensational. I mean, when I seen that first half, I was just like, what the hell is going on? I mean, I mean, Corey Davis, you know, on 11 receptions, 182 yards, one touchdown. Ryan Tannehill finished up with 29 for 45, 389 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. Guys... Where's it all went wrong for the the Titans? Um, you know, I think, and now that and now the Browns actually becoming a serious playoff team. I think you got to give the Browns a bit of credit. Um, I think I, I, the I do. offensive the offensive line um, is doing a really good job, um, and I think you know, like you mentioned, um, the Titans' defense weren't able to get to Baker. I think that all boils down to you know this offensive line that they've got. Yeah, yeah they're doing a really good job. Um, Obviously, you know, drafting this year, and then obviously you've got Jack Conklin in there as well. They're, um, they're doing a very impressive job. So um, I think that that's the main key for me as to how um, the Browns managed to get so many points. And obviously, if the offensive line continues like that, the Browns could literally surprise a few people. Uh, I, I, I don't think it's just I don't think it's down to Baker. I think the Baker Baker Mayfield is pretty much just more of a 
he's a game manager, but will then give you the odd game like this where he just balls out. But I don't think there's anything special in terms of what Baker's going to do in the future. I think he's just got the right sort of balance. He's got he's yeah. got the right team protecting him, and obviously he's got adequate weapons uh, when they need to show up. You know, as I say, Jarvis Landry, Donovan's Peoples Jones. I mean, that was a great. Um, that that was a great play, to be fair. That that uh, I think it was a seventy-two yard touchdown pass. Yeah, it was. Um, so, yeah, he, Baker's done well this week, but I'm not I'm not expecting any miracles or or anything to come of it. Um, Titans, like I said, that it was always going to be a struggle with that defense, uh, the Browns' defense. So, you know, that they, they did a really good job of neutralizing. It's credit to Titans, they did. I, I'm I'm not too worried about them because I think they did. You know. Have, Stage a good comeback, but yeah, they need to just start getting a bit of a run together just to just scrape by, really. Um, what What's interesting though with the Browns though, mm. since Odell Beckham Jr. got his um, ACL and now mm. the Browns have just went up and are actually performing way better without their what they would say their star man. Yeah, it's probably a case of you know they're just rallying behind Baker really, and and they've got no choice really, so. You know, it's just one of those things. But yeah, credit to them for doing that and using younger. Yeah. Also, Higgins as well. He's another one who's come out and, and performed quite well um, over the last few weeks. So I always see him uh, on red zone, you know, with a play. Um, yeah. They had that play earlier as well. I think we discussed. No, we didn't discuss in the Roger podcast, did we? But I think Ryan mentioned it where he hit the. Was, was that this week where he hit the pylon? Ryan. Oh. I think it was, like, and he was like, "That's a touchdown! That's a touchdown!" Yes, it was, yeah, it yeah. was, yeah, it yeah, was. I remember that. So yeah, some uh, they could have got more points. You know, as I say, it's just one of those. They, they could have got a lot more points because yeah. Peoples Jones dropped a gimme touchdown in the first drive yeah, as well. Yeah, and I was yeah. I was absolutely cursing because in my infinite wisdom, I slotted Baker Mayfield into my fantasy team this week. Uh-huh. And I was like, no, no, I'm going to lose. But no, Baker came out on top. It was <laughs> yeah. quite nice. Yeah. Uh, the wife was not impressed because I managed to beat her by like three points. Oh. That, was, that was bad. Oh, that's <laughs> just Is your wife a Seahawks fan? No, she's a Jags fan. Oh, nice. She likes the underdogs. <laughs> Inter- internal is that, suffering Is that, is that why she married you then? Pretty much. Uh, uh, <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, I've come to terms with it. Don't worry. It's yeah. like, how long? How long have you been married, Ryan? Uh, a year and a week. See, a year and a week. See, yeah, you never even asked year of marriage ever. Yeah, is, is is that the week or the year? <laughs> <laughs> Both. Yeah, we 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 picked a great time, didn't we? It's the uh, the. The, the honeymoon was going to be go around California, pick up some NFL games, watch some hockey games. That was supposed to be September. So oh. Oh, that was a fun September. Now you're but, going around little and Aldi's with a mask. Literally. each other's hands. Literally. Life. <laughs> <laughs> Clinging to life. No. But anyway, enough of that nonsense. Yeah, I think, I... Ryan, you do have the absolutely outstanding game, Cincinnati <laughs> against Miami. I mean... Talk about a completely different game to that one. Cleveland, Tennessee was all offense. This one was all defense. Absolutely. All defense and fisticuffs. It was insane. Yeah, I was going to say there was offense used. Just <laughs> yeah. <the> right <laughs> yeah. yeah. De- definitely wow. violence in this game. A lot of violence. It was It was not a great game. Um, I mean, I, I honestly do not have a lot to say about this. You had 
the Bengals scored their seven points on a screen pass to Tyler Boyd, who does what Tyler Boyd does, and rounded a player and just ran up the sidelines. Great. Thanks, Tyler. We we know you can do that. Maybe show up in some other ways every now and again. That'd be good for the Bengals. Because apart from that, they were awful. Although they've still not got any Joe Mixon. I wouldn't bring him back. I'd just let him rest. Obviously, Joe Burrow's out for the rest of the season. Yeah. it It's a weird one with these like week 10, week 12 injuries because they, they just start to come back just before training camp. And you always think, are they going to be quite ready for the start of the season? They're going to need him because without him, this team looks absolutely awful. Um, yeah, the, the Bengals scored their seven points early on in the first quarter and then their offense just went into a hole and lay there for a while. The Dolphins, the Dolphins were a bit more interesting. So Tua had, was 26-39, 296 yards and a touchdown. Miles Gaskin nearly had a 100-yard game. Mike Gasicki showed up. 88 yards off nine receptions and a touchdown. He was getting a lot of work in the passing game. But only 19 points to show for it. And it's a bit of a... I don't know. The, the Dolphins are a tricky one to figure out because they're doing all the right things. They're 8-4. and four. They're, um, I mean, I think we said a few weeks ago maybe they'll get a playoff spot. Now I'd say they're almost certain to get one of those three wildcard spots, if not winning the division, depending on how the Bills go. Because the if they're one thing, they're consistent, the Dolphins. They will churn and run and fight, literally sometimes, for a game. And they're just going to keep getting these results if they keep playing like this. Their defense is on fire. Carl Van Noy had three sacks. They had six sacks in total throughout the game. I mean, it was Brandon Allen and Ryan Finley behind under center. It's not the, you know, you're not trying to get after Kyler Murray or anything like that, but they've done that in the past. So. They they really do just need this offense to turn up and, you know, for Tua to complete these passes. He's still not looking like the player that was hyped up at the, the end of last season. I don't know, Sook, you're the you're the college guy on this podcast. Was was he looking this when he was last year or was he well, really he, on fire? Well he was injured, so Well yeah. Um, but before but, that everybody was it was Tua, 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 Tua. Yeah. And then it's gonna take time. I think he still doesn't have you know, his ideal offense, you know, in front of him at the minute. So yeah. um, he, he's obviously been out for a long time and he's just integrated into a, a team that really was actually playing quite good even without him. So yeah. it's going to it's gonna take a bit of time. Um, but, you know, we've had this discussion about, you know, whether Tua <laughs> should have played or not. And, you know, I'll, obviously we won't talk about that now. But, um, yeah, I, th- I think he's been decent. Um but yeah, give him give him a few weapons next year, and let's see how he does. You've got to sort of you've you know they've got a young offensive line, um, so let's see what they do in the draft. Um, still, yeah. they haven't got much in the running game either. I mean, Gaskin no. isn't really. He's not an out and out runner, is he? No, he just doesn't come across as being you know the one. So we'll uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. No, because they've definitely think... they've got the defense sorted, haven't they? So it's going to yeah, be they, have. they need to mould that offense around Tua in the way that you know the, the Chiefs have got an offense for Paddy Mahomes, that sort of thing. Mm. But there, there were a few warning signs still. So they only can they had a ten percent conversion rate on third downs. I think, <laughs> I think I think what's important as well is if we go into next season, 
COVID free, he gets a full off season yes. to be healthy. <laughs> gets to understand that playbook, gets to understand his weapons and his offence, then we're looking at a completely different beast. You know, this this year for everyone has just been crazy. Yeah. Has been absolutely crazy. So I, I wouldn't really write the guy off just yet. I think oh, no, no. give him give him give him a real good off season, get him into training camp, let him get around his weapons and just understand his team and become that leader of the locker room, then potentially we could I think we've we're going to see a really great quarterback. It's going to be very interesting to see the, the Dolphins and potentially the Bills battling out in the AFC East over the next couple of years because they've both got everything really they need to. It's a little bit lopsided, the Dolphins towards the defence, the Bills towards the offence at the moment. But if they can address them in the draft over the next year or two, this, that could be a good battle for the next couple of seasons. Yeah. No, absolutely. Agreed. Thanks for that, guys. So, we're on to the next one. Suk, who have you got, buddy? I'm sure you've got a wee bit of... Is it Green Bay? No, I've got the Lions first. So, the Lions and the Bears. So finish. Yes, you have. Yes, you yeah. have. My bad. It's all right. Uh, at least someone's doing their job properly. So, uh... Sweet Caroline. <laughs> I just love that Ryan did that as we were just introducing the show. <laughs> I didn't even think about it. I'm sorry, sir. I'm sure, I I'm sure Caroline is really sweet and she's a keeper. <laughs> yeah. But hey, anyway, you, buddy. Yeah. yeah. I'll tell you one person who's not going to be happy, um, and we know that because we've seen the social media posts, but Claire the Bear um, clearly won't be happy with this result, finishing 34-30 to the Lions. Um, so... Yeah, a great game by Matthew Stafford, I felt, through for three touchdowns. Um, Lions showed a lot of resiliency, you know, rallied back from, you know, having a 10-point deficit. Um, amazing what happens when you get rid of that head coach. Um, yes. And then you get, you know, fresh pair of eyes looking at it, and all of a sudden, you know, you're looking like a, a better team there. So, um, yeah, all credit to... Um, the Lions um, didn't start off uh, very strongly. Uh, I mean, the Bears. Um, oof, trying to think uh, who scored the first touchdown. David Montgomery. That was it. David, yeah. David Montgomery. So he was. Uh, he had a decent game. Came back from injury. Um, got got the um, rushing touchdown, which gave them a nine nil lead. Funny enough, the kickers. Both kickers missed extra points early on in the game, which uh, gave this a bit of a funny scoreline. You know, normally when you get a couple of touchdowns, you ex- you don't expect the score to be nine six, but that's what happened. You know, um, when, when you look at that score, you think, oh, everyone's just getting field goals, but yeah, both kickers missed their extra points in the first quarter. Uh, second quarter, um, the Bears turned round the clock with Cordero Patterson coming in for a five-yard touchdown uh, to give him a 16-6 lead. Uh, this play I really, really enjoyed. Um, so this is Matthew Stafford throwing to Cephas, the wide receiver. 49-yard um, pass, incredible throw and, and great catch. You know, that sort of brought the game back in, um, you know. And then at that point, the Bears got the touchdown just before halftime with Montgomery again to give him a 23-13 lead. And at that point, you thought this was going to be quite an easy result for the Bears, you know, given the fact that they were still contending for a playoff push. Um, 
you would have felt that they would have sort of, you know, built up um, a head of steam, you know, uh, especially against a team with a new head coach. But no, the Lions, uh, you know, did a fantastic job. Uh, got the touchdown through Jesse James, I believe it was, um, former Steeler tight end uh, and the most country yep. music name you'll ever hear. <laughs> I could just imagine. Cowboy. He's a cowboy. He's a cowboy. (laughs) Jesse James. (laughs) Yeah. Literally. um, You know, scoring that touchdown. And then the fourth quarter, the Bears, yeah, once again, they still had a 10 point lead, you know, with Cole Komet getting the touchdown there. And literally the last two, three minutes of the game. Just all unraveled with um, Matthew Stafford throwing that pass to uh, Marvin Jones, and then right at the end, uh, with you know just a bit of time left on the clock, Adrian Peterson got that five-yard uh, touchdown run. So a lot of um, you know incredible how you know the line sort of came back into it, but you know it's just just one of those things. You know Trubisky. It's just your average quarterback. You know, they don't have yeah, anything really and they're going to really seriously need to look in the draft for a quarterback, potentially maybe getting someone like Zach Wilson or Trey Lance, you know, um, you know, just, just see what happens really. But I think uh, the Bears have got a lot of rebuilding to do, as do the Lions, uh, two very, very average teams. But at the end of the day, they made it a very exciting game, uh, which, you know, when when I got him, it when this list came out, I was thinking I was cursed, but no. Um, <laughs> thank you for that, Ryan. Uh, appreciate it. <laughs> Just a little surprise in your day there. Yeah, you, you tried your best. I know you didn't yeah, have did. a party. You, you, I know you tried your <laughs> best to mess things up for me, but never mind. I think I think like when I was watching over this game, Matthew Stafford, he's a quality quarterback. Yes, I mean, this guy, never had his the deep weapons. ball, he yeah. can really, really dial in a deep shot like he's... It'll be interesting to see where he ends up because I can see something's going to happen. Will he end up at the 49ers? Are the Jimmy Garoppolo oh. going to move on? It's, it's going to be interesting to see how this all sort of unfolds. But you've got Kenny Golladay. He's, um, I think he's a free agent this year as well. So even if Stafford does stay, like, what's going to happen with Mr. Golladay, you know? Um, yeah. That rhymes. Just realised. Yeah. yeah. Mr. Golladay's going to go on holiday. That's the way it's going to turn out. Holiday, holiday, holiday. I think we just need to get Shaggy in. He, he, he could sing that quite well. Do you remember the last time I sang Golladay and you like had a nervous breakdown? Or was it me and really? Gareth once? Yeah, it was weeks ago. <laughs> Mum, months ago? Months ago. That was months ago, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I thought I thought the same would happen now, but I guess not. Never mind. But anyway, I think <laughs> I've I've got I've got to I've got to do Kirut proud here and talk about the. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely losing the plot here. Sorry, Kirut. Sorry, Kirut. But anyway, we've got the the Rams and we've got the the Cardinals. It's. 38, 28. Did, um, sorry, did Kiru, has he watched the game, caught up with it? Yeah, he's um, watched some highlights. Um, he really wants you to pronounce his name properly, though. Kiru. It's Kirut. Kirut. <laughs> so Ryan, you can do it, can't you? Can you say Kirut? Kirut. Yeah, that's it. Kirut. Ki- 
Kira. I can't do it. Yeah, you said it right there. You said it right. Kira. 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 Yeah. Kira. Kira. makes him sound like a vegetable. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> He's asking Tassie nicely, and I thought, you know, I'll let him just turn the podcast. Oh, oh. All right, Kira. Kira. Yeah. <laughs> You're doing it right now. Amazing. You've done it. You... Sorry that I made you sound like a vegetable. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Right. Anyway, guys, we're going to talk about guys. The Rams just, 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 the... just before we talk about the Rams. <laughs> no, just before we talk about the Rams. I just like, oh. what's your top three things to have with your Christmas dinner? So you got turkey. So for me personally, it's. Carrots, parsnips, and carrot. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have, I have um, parsnips, butternut, and carrots. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, it's roast potatoes. I lie. Roast potatoes and gravy and Yorkshire bud. Oh my god, you've ended me. I'm trying to be professional here and think about my next section, and I'm thinking about carrots and carrots and. <laughs> anyway, we are here to talk about. The Rams and Cardinals, 38-28. Just as the 49ers have the Rams number, the Rams have Arizona, like Arizona's. For the seventh time in a row, Los Angeles beat the Cardinals, a winning streak that goes way back to the 2017 season. <laughs> Suki, you've killed me, mate, seriously. <laughs> the Rams marched into State Farm Stadium and came away with a 20 well, sorry, 38-28 victory in week 13, improving their record to 8-4. and four. It was a much-needed victory after losing to the 49ers last week, once again avoiding back-to-back losses, a strong point for um, Sean McVay's coaching tenure. Sort of standout performances going in. I mean, the, 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 the top guys was Jared Goff. I mean, he was 37 for 47, 351 um, yards, one touchdown, zero interceptions, one TD run. Uh, Cam Akers, 21 carries, 72 yards, one touchdown, 22-yard reception. Robert Woods, 10 catches, 85 yards. With Cooper Cup on 8 catches, 73 yards. Tyler Higby, 4 catches, 24 yards, um, and 1 touchdown. And Aaron Donald, the absolute unit, 3 tackles, 1 sack. Um, for me, though, Jared Goff, I mean, he bounced back from a horrendous performance against the 49ers, playing much more efficiently in Arizona. He was accurate thrown to all levels of the field if you actually watched the, the tape. I, I watched quite a bit of him today, making several tight window throws for a big-time completion. He also had a rushing touchdown and a QB sneak for a one-yard out. Um, Cam Akers finally got the workhouse treatment uh, with Daryl Henderson banged up a little bit. He carried it for a career high uh, 21 times for 72 yards, showing good power, his explosiveness and contact balance. Henderson had 38-yard touchdown run but it was Akers whose biggest workload of the season, as he did well to take advantage. The defence was absolutely dominant in the first half. I mean, we're used to seeing them step up in the second half, but they were especially good for the sort of 25, sort of 30 minutes. Uh, Kyler Murray had 73 yards passing on three completions, 12 attempts, but was absolutely bowed out by a 15-yard touchdown on a busted coverage by LA. Um, special teams was a weakness in this one. And the same ball Webster fumbled a punt, which mm. was recovered by the Cardinals. I mean, Matt Gay missed that 37 yard field goal attempt, and the Cardinals returned a kickoff um, to the Rams' 47 yard line. The defense may have allowed three second half turnovers, 
but it scored one of its own in the fourth quarter. Troy Hall returned an interception 35 yards for a touchdown, which gave the Rams 38-21 lead late. The Cardinals only had 232 total yards um, offence, with money being limited to 173 yards um, passing. Some of that came when the game was out of reach too. And it's worth mentioning that LA forced two turnovers on Murray, a fumble and a pick six. For me though, it was game over. I mean, Hill picked off Kyler Murray and returned a 35-yard touch uh, for, for a touchdown. Uh, the score gave the Rams a 38-21 lead, putting the game out of reach uh, for the Cardinals. The Rams were in control all game long, but this touchdown really put the icing on the cake as LA was able to hold on for the victory. Uh, for me personally, and Kirut or Kirut, um, the player of the game. I mean, <laughs> Henderson didn't have a big workload in this one, but he made his carries count. His biggest play of the afternoon was that 38-yard touchdown run in the first quarter, which gave the Rams that 31-21 um, lead. Um, I was quite impressed with the Rams. I mean, Suk, obviously you've watched this with your son. Any takeaways from this game? Um, no, we just uh, in, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> knew that was coming. I, know what. I just knew it. It's the first thing I thought of. <laughs> God. I'm done. Yeah. I'm done. So sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember the first two weeks when I was like pretending to be professional and <laughs> like. It's gone. Yeah. It's just gone. This, is, this is me like. Yeah, all the time. This is me at work yeah. as well. This is what everyone misses at work, you know, just literally like, yeah, just miss the banter. But anyway, um, the Rams, <laughs> inconsistent, as I say. Like one mm-hmm. week you're playing the 49ers and you're playing rubbish and then you beat the Seahawks the week before. Um, and then obviously this week, you, you know, you're beating the Cardinals. It's it's just that inconsistency, which is a bit, bit strange. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Rams lose to the Patriots today. It's one of them. You just don't know what you're going to get. I'm glad Cam Akers is getting his fair share of uh, the carries now. Um, Obviously, I know Henderson went down, but he had a, obviously, you know, that, like you said, that touchdown run at the end in the fourth quarter was amazing. But Akers is looking good as well. You know, he's uh, definitely, you know, the Rams have got two or three options there, um, you know, in the running game. And you know they, you know, with Malcolm Brown as well, so that's good. Um, always good in terms of you know, sort of the receiving court with Woods and Cup, and now um, Van Jefferson starting to get a few more um, receptions as well. So he's slowly being integrated into the offense as well. I think he brings you know a different element to to this team. So yeah, exciting times. Uh, defense made you know plays at the right time, um, and yeah. To me, it's two teams that probably will be in the playoffs, um, probably alongside the books for the wild card slot. Touch wood. Yeah. But, um, yeah, they could potentially even go deep into the playoffs, but it's just a matter of that consistency, really, and getting a, a run together. But I don't, I still don't trust Jared Goffin, if I'm being honest fully. You know, you, you can't Definitely trust him one week to the next. Kyler, yeah, I, I have we... more trust in Kyler Murray than. Um, Jared Goff at the minute, even though obviously Goff's pulled off the win. Jared, Jared, Jared Goff's in that league with Carson Wentz. No, he no, no. Don't point with Carson Wentz. That's ridiculous. Like Wentz is uh, no. Wentz is terrible at the minute. 
Wentz is completely terrible. Um, no, but I just think that Jared Goff is overrated, overpaid. He's definitely not an elite quarterback. He's not elite, no. no but there's how many we we overrun that word elite quarterback. You know, to the extreme. You know, uh, for some people, like you got twelve quarterbacks in the league that are elite. That there should only be, as far as I'm concerned, probably two, maybe three elite quarterbacks. And for me, they are Pat- Ben Roethlisberger and. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Suk, did you just choke on your carrots? No, I uh, choked on my Rothfuss burger. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, oh, God. Uh, no, for me, it's Mahomes. I wouldn't even put Brady in there at the minute just because he's not performed, but no. maybe it's just Mahomes. Who else is there? Rogers. Rogers. Mahomes and Rogers. They're the Rogers. two MVPs. Yeah. Absolutely. We, Absolutely. we do have to hit on you're saying the inconsistency we have to hit on the game from last week because I didn't get to talk about it that was the worst game I've ever had to watch Rams Niners yeah. it was literally oh, can't score yeah. won't score it was awful it was, it was brutal yeah it was like 41 possessions or something stupid like that and nobody wanted to win that game and then the Rams come out and do this to the Cardinals yeah and then, like you say, the week before they beat the Seahawks, they need to sort that consistency out. I don't think they will. I don't think they'll sort it out no. on offense. No, because they've not—they've not got that one player that can pull a game through for them. They're—it's a bunch of good players, but really, they're, the best <laughs> thing about their offense at the moment is Sean McVay. I think, and he, he can't make the plays on the field. Yeah, can he? I think at times Cooper Cup can be that guy, but once again, like he showed it against the Bucks, he absolutely destroyed us in that first yeah. half. So. They they, they can, but yeah, but he goes missing. They they need one of those players to shine. Yeah, in that you, you know, in a day, some days it's Robert Wood, some days it's Cooper Cup. But now I guess they have got a bit of a running game together. They might be able to do a bit more and you know utilize them a lot more. So yeah, we'll see how it goes. That'll help the Cardinals. Though what is Kyler Murray has not looked good the last couple of weeks. Since they're what zero and three, zero and four since the the Hale Murray. Yeah, it's it's not looking great for them at the moment because their defense is softening up a bit because they keep losing players since they lost Chandler Jones. I mean, Buda Baker's still amazing. What, yeah. Ten tackles, amazing. ten tackles in the game is great, but Kyler Murray's yeah. just not. They take Hopkins away, and then there's not really anything else in the offense. They look like they did last year, but without Kenyon, they're not still not using Kenyon Drake out of the backfield. They're just using him as a bell cow again. So we'll see. Well they could they could they could sneak into the wild cards, but I think they're I'd say they're, they're their favourite. I I'd say I'd say they're more likely than the Vikings. If anything, I'd say Rams will get the top wild card then hopefully yeah, the books will be in the middle then. It's out of Vikings and Cardinals really. Um but they've still got to play each other. I think they've still got to play the Rams one more time. So and do they have to play the Seahawks? Cardinals? Or... No, no. We've, we've played the Seahawks twice. Yeah, yeah. yeah, one one lost one. The twice, they've yeah. still got <sighs> they've still got two division games left. So that yeah. everybody in the NFC West is two and two in their division at the moment. Yeah, which just shows how annoying that this division is. Exactly. I, I suppose Absolutely. that's a good segue, isn't it? Yeah, but Ugh. I can't wait. Can't wait for this really? one, I can... Ryan. Um, I didn't even have to introduce it with. <laughs> Giant Seahawks. <laughs> I mean, if you told me that one of my teams was going to blow a 5 0 lead at half time 
I would not have guessed it was going to be the Seahawks this week. But that's what it was. Another absolute slobber knocker of a defensive matchup. And it was was actually, I quite enjoyed watching it because it wasn't like Rams... 49ers where the offences were bad. It was more that the, the defences were, were good and stopping the, well, at least the Seahawks. But they were stopping the offences from doing anything. So it was it was interesting. I'm concerned still about Russell Wilson because he did not look confident in the pocket. He did not look confident throwing the ball. Everything he does, he seems to take a little bit too long to think about. I don't know if the pummeling he took at the beginning of the season has really knocked him at the moment. And just as our defence is starting to come good, the offence drops off. So it's, it's quite concerning for the Seahawks because the, the defence did look good. Mm. Jamal Adams was in there. Um, Dunbar was playing well. Ryan Neal again. We got a safety again. So, uh, But the, the concerning thing was it was more that the, yeah, the, the Seahawks offence got knocked out. But Enough about the Seahawks. The Giants come in from what out of nowhere, and suddenly they're NFC East leaders. They they did completely deserve this win because they managed to put together just a couple more drives better than the Seahawks did. They only really had a, two or three good offensive drives in the game, but they used them to what they needed. They had a huge run by uh, Wayne Gorman. They were setting up the run continually. And the Seahawks have been pretty good against the run for most of the season. But as soon as they saw that the Seahawks were biting, they changed it up. Colt McCoy getting his first win since 2014. How good must that feel? That's yeah. that's a, quite impressive. But yeah, so as soon as the Seahawks looked like they were figuring out the run, they switched it up and McCoy was completing the passes that he needed to. It was... And the, the Giants' defence, as I think we've said a few times, has really come on from... You think when they went on those Super Bowl runs, it was all about the defense, supporting yeah. a, a mid-tier quarterback with a mid-tier offense. Looks like they could be in, you know, building in a similar mold, and and why not? It seems to work. But I know, I know, Nick, Nick was sending a few messages. Nick from the college show is a big Giants fan. He was very, very shocked that they won this game. But it's that. They put in consistent performances. You look back for the previous weeks, they were only a few points away from, mm. from beating a few of the other teams that they, they've been playing. Suddenly, the NFC East is competitive and actually quite interesting mm. to watch. Yeah. Which, Abby, would you have thought that a few weeks ago? Yeah, but I'm not surprised about Nick. I mean, you get surprised waking up on the wrong side of the bed, so... <laughs> he, 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 he did He's he did a, seem... a very emotional guy. I mean, this, he yeah, loves this, it, this, but, was, this yeah. was the best... This was the the, the biggest shock of the season wasn't it until 24 hours later or, and then 24 hours I'm not before, getting into this ar- I'm not getting into this argument again <laughs> it wasn't <laughs> it was, it, no no I don't think it was a, I don't think if you look at the, the form of the, the last few teams the form of the last few, few games the Giants have won four lost one I had this down as a Seahawks have lost have won two lost yeah exactly yeah. they've won two lost three yeah. so we are we are the inconsistent team the Giants just turned up played basic football, capitalised on the fact that Russell Wilson couldn't put a game together and did what they needed to to outfox the defences. Yeah. It was all it was all football. It was good. I feel you. I, my Steelers went through exactly the same with Washington. Yeah, but you can't 
it's the NFL. You can't just turn up and beat a team. You have to actually, you know, oh, put some effort into it. Yeah. But, mate, like, their defence, like you said, Russell Wilson sacked five times, was it? Yeah. Leonard they Williams were, You know what? That all, almost all, yeah. We did lose our right tackle in the, I think it was about the third quarter and had to start, I think it's Chad Wheeler, who hadn't played for two years mm. and he did not look great. So we had to keep jamming Carson in there to help him out didn't really work yeah. out but a lot of those sacks as they have been the last couple of weeks were on Wilson mm. he's taking a little bit too long he's not you can see the player normally he's throwing the ball before you know the yeah. player's open right now you can see the player's open and then he's throwing the ball he's hesitating to make the run we, we didn't really have that many design run plays in there either and I think we need to hit that a bit more but it, it is slightly concerning but on the plus side the defense is actually playing quite well so if he can turn up again which you know we know he can it's looking pretty good for the end of the season it's just you know those two things have got to come together at the same time yeah no absolutely so we're going to take a quick break we're going to go right to the keyword section um and to my man we're going to actually play last week's episode as well because he did record, and unfortunately we couldn't actually record the podcast, but he did his section. So we're going to do last week's and this week's. We'll speak to you just after this. Greetings and welcome to the Kira section, where Kira will be talking about his favourite quarterback, running back, wide receiver, or tight end and defense of the week. So, uh, once again, Kira, um, exciting week of NFL action. Unfortunately for you and me, both our teams no. lost. Yeah, you said it before me. Any positives to take from the Rams? Maybe. Can't. What's that? Uh, Akers. Cam Akers, what getting that touchdown? Yeah. And he had that really big burst run as well, didn't he? Yeah, so. for sixty yards. Yep, you got it. So at least that's positive. I know you're rooting for him, but you know, uh, Rams still look okay for the playoffs. Maybe, hopefully, my books get in there, but only time will tell. But you know, we'll see what the uh, action brings. Now, God, some of these action now because of um, everything going on with obviously the Steelers and Ravens are still to play. Mm. You know, but unfortunately, they're not going to be on this list. But you know, at the end of the day, we can't wait around can we forever for that game even though we know it is tonight um some of these games seem a long time ago don't they you know some of the thanksgiving games but let's just uh look at the um predictions uh sorry predictions (laughs) let's have a look at your choices for this week then so who is your quarterback of the week deshaun watson oh deshaun watson so i think he's first time on this list if i'm right yeah interesting so you didn't go for patrick mahomes why was that just because you well, actually, you tell me why. Why did you not go for Mahomes? Uh, because I know Mahomes got um someone who's deep, but um um Deshaun Watson. He's not really like he doesn't play as good always, but today he's played like a really good game. So that's why I put him on my list. Yeah, that's a good point. So you're saying like Mahomes is like an obvious choice. He's expected yeah. to have a good game. Where someone like Deshaun Watson is not always um you know. Expected. Expected. Yeah, that's a good, good, good decision. Then, so what else do you have to say about sort of Deshaun Watson? It's because I watched this game live on Thanksgiving and I enjoyed it. And Deshaun Watson is one of my favorite quarterbacks in the NFL. Mm, yeah, 
I wonder why that is. Is that because you met him as well that one time in Leicester? Yeah, yeah no, he's a really good. He actually came down to the Leicester Falcons to, um, you know, help some of the sort of, you know, talent there. And, you know, that was one way for us to enjoy sort of the grassroots game. And you enjoyed going down to watch the Leicester Falcons, didn't you? Yeah. How many games did we go? A couple, didn't we? And then, yeah, yeah and then obviously all this stuff now going on. Obviously, we'd love to go back there at some point. Um, but what what about stats wise? You know, what did he do in the game? You know, that really impressed you. He threw seventeen times for seventeen times out of twenty five. He threw for three hundred and eighteen yards and four touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Great throw to Duke Johnson. It was great seeing Duke get the touchdown and run the through the tunnel. I remember watching that, weren't he? He was yeah. like, we didn't know where he was going. Like, and what did you say about the changing rooms? Didn't you? you said. I hope he can go to the changing rooms or something, don't you? Yeah. What do you think about his um, connections with uh, Will Fuller? It's really good. And he also had a great connection with Will Fuller because the throw to Will Fuller was really good because he gets loads of yards thrown to him. Mm. He had that deep ball for 50-yard touchdown as well, didn't he? He had a couple of touchdowns, obviously, in that game as well. That was a really good one. Yeah, unfortunately now Will Fuller's been a bit of a naughty boy. Um, he's actually suspended now for the rest of the season, which I won't go too much into Kira because it's uh, probably a bit too young to understand that. But, you know, it's just one of those things. So it'll be interesting to see how Deshaun Watson does now without Will Fuller as his target. But, you know, time will tell. So who have you gone for your running back of the week? Antonio Gibson. Oh, that's an interesting one. So once again, you... Normally go for Derrick Henry uh, with this one. Is it because he's been on it too many times? Yeah. Yeah, you got. You did say to me, you said, I'm kind of bored of getting the same names over and over again. You want to, if you get someone with similar stats or performances, you want to like use them. So what was it about Antonio Gibson that you enjoyed? Because he had 20 carries, 115 yards and three touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Um, what was it about sort of, you know, his performance then like in the game? Because he got the touchdown in the first quarter on second and goal. Mm. And then obviously even at that point, you know, in the fourth quarter, the game's still quite even. So what happened then towards the end of the game? It was close in the fourth quarter at 2016. But then Gibson got the vital touchdown for 30 yards, which sealed the game and he got another one late in the game. Yeah, so like you said, if it wasn't for him in that team, you probably think, you know, do... Uh, Washington get the win so yeah so it's a good choice you know um, can't complain someone getting three touchdowns I know uh, I talked about in the college podcast someone getting eight touchdowns which I know is not really possible in the NFL but three touchdowns is an amazing amazing performance so um, I know we talked about you know you're not going for the obvious players but surely with wide receiver even me being a Bucks fan you only had to go for one person right yeah and who was yeah I'm not surprised that I think with the other ones, you could say, you know, other quarterbacks or running backs had similar performances, but Tyree Kill was really a standalone player, wasn't he? So yeah. tell us about Tyree Kill. What, what made you pick him? Who started from the first snap? Who started well from the first snap and the first drive? He was a real important part, even though they only got a field goal. Yeah, that's fair enough. And uh, what was it about sort of his touchdowns then? Mahomes threw 75 yards to Hill to the touchdown and did the same again. It's like playing Madden, and he's only my favourite wide receiver in the NFL, other than Robert Woodson. Yeah, so it was like, you know, when we play Madden, and you see those Hail Mary throws, that's literally what it was, and the Bucks defence just didn't have an answer for him, particularly in the first quarter, did they? So it just seriously, like, 
I was worried at that point. I'm, I'm to be honest, I'm just relieved that the books only lost by three, and they obviously came back into it. So, yeah, we'll have to see what happens. Um, obviously, books on a bye week this week, so you know, at least I don't have to worry about that. But um, who have you gone for your defense of the week? Falcons defense. Okay, yeah, that seems like a good one. So, why the Falcons? Because they beat Raiders forty-three-six, and who last, who's last week gave the Chiefs a hard game? Yeah, so. Um, the Raiders were very, very close against the Chiefs. Maybe even yeah. could have won that match. So it came a bit of a surprise. I mean, I know the Falcons are in a bit of form now, but still, 43-6 is a massive margin. Well, what did you particularly like about what the Falcons did? Because Josh Jacobs was poor when he's usually really good, and Carl was really poor and fumbled twice. Yeah, I know with yeah. Josh Jacobs, uh, you have him on your fantasy team, so yeah. you were quite frustrated with his performance, weren't you? But thankfully, yeah. you've won your games this week, haven't you? So. Yeah. You know, um, and what else about their particular defense? Have we talked about what the um, what the uh, Raiders' offense couldn't do? What did the Falcons' defense also do? Um, the defense got four sacks and a pick six from Dion Lewis. Dion Jones. Dion Lewis. Who's Dion Lewis? He plays for um, used to play for the Giants. I don't know if he still does, but yeah, Dion Jones. That's the right one. At least you're thinking along the right lines, Kira. So I've got to give you credit there. But yeah. Um, Fantastic. Appreciate you spending time doing this because I know it's not easy with the amount of homework you get at school and everything. So thank you again. And if you just want to say thank you to the listeners. Thank you. That's great. Uh, we'll see you next week, folks. Bye-bye. Greetings and welcome to the Kirat section of the podcast where Kirat will talk through his favourite quarterback, running back, wide receiver or tight end and defence of the week. So, how's things going, Kira? Good. I know we did record uh, last week's winners, uh, but unfortunately we didn't actually have a podcast last week, so I'll try and get Stuart to record that, because I thought that was one of your sort of uh, better podcasts as well, wasn't it? We had a really good time recording last week, so we've definitely got to get that on uh, the pod at some point, so we'll try and arrange that for you but how's things going with you Kira everything going okay yeah fantastic so you ready to talk about some NFL action that we had last week in week 13 I believe it was yeah fantastic so um talk us through who's your uh, quarterback of the week Baker Mayfield oh so he's someone who's not been on the list before hasn't he mm. he's come under a bit of criticism as well so a lot of people not believing in Baker but why have you picked him this week um Obviously, they beat the Titans, but you know what? What was the main reason? Because he had twenty-five and carry throws complete, out of thirty-three, three hundred and thirty-four yards and four touchdowns, and he had that tricky play on Vernon to where he had, where was the receiver, and he had a very good touchdown throw to Landry. He also found his lineman for a touchdown, and a lot of people saying he's rubbish, so he deserved <laughs> credit. The favourite play was to throw to Donovan Peoples-Jones. Yeah, I think that was uh, 75 yards or something, wasn't it? Yeah, 72, I think. 72, wow, okay, so you're very precise, aren't you? I'm just coming up with the approximate, but with Kira, you'll get the exact figure, so that's why we love him on this podcast, don't we? Mm. Fantastic. So, uh, good choice, Baker Mayfield. I mean, there was a lot more choices. There was uh, Josh Allen as well. He had a good game. Who's the other quarterback? There was another quarterback. I had a decent game. I can't remember now. But yeah, it's a decent choice. And nice to always get someone who's different rather than the same names over and over again because that's obviously a bit 
you know, frustrating, isn't it? So, who have you gone for your running back of the week? Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones. Okay, so Aaron Jones, I think he's been on this list before, hasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, so why, why have you gone for Aaron Jones of Green Bay then? Because he had uh, 15 carries, 130 yards and one touchdown. And just the thought, he had a good game. There wasn't too many running backs who got over 100 yards. He has been a top five running back since last season. And yeah. the Eagles were coming back into the game when Jalen Hurts came in. Yeah, so that's that's a very good uh, point. Um, obviously, Eagles having a, a new quarterback come in, you know, that was, you know, obviously vital for them to come back into the game. I think it w- turned into a one-score game, didn't it? And mm. what was what was impressive about his touchdown? Because I know you, when you watched the footage, you, you really enjoyed that, didn't you? I think it. So what what was what was for you? Good about that particular touchdown. His run for the touchdown was amazing, and his movement was great to get past all those defenders and not get tackled. Yeah, you, you said something earlier to me, but yeah, he got past like six players. Yeah, no, that's amazing. But so credit to Aaron Jones. You know that one play has probably got him his your player of the week just for that one play, hasn't it? Yeah. Really, otherwise he may have had a bang average game. So yeah, that's a good choice there. So this one I know for a fact, pretty much. By the time it was like half past six, you'd already decided this player for your wide receiver or tight end of the week. Um, yeah. So I, I don't, and funny enough, like I thought, I did tell you, I said, Kira, this is a bit too early to make that decision. But, you know, at the end of it, I think you've definitely made probably the right one. So who have you gone for? Darren Waller. Okay, so why have you gone for Darren Waller? It might be a bit obvious, but, you know, what, why have you gone for him? He had a 13 receptions, 200 yards and two touchdowns. His first touchdown was pretty simple to make it 7-7. And his second touchdown was near the end of the first half. He showed a great chance to afford the defender and then showed good strength to run into the end zone. Yeah, and, and like you said, I think majority of those yards he probably already had by the time it was sort of 7 o'clock, wasn't it? When yeah. you probably, you know, time for your bedtime. So, yeah, fantastic performance there by Darren Waller and all credit goes out to him. Now, who have you gone for the defence of the week? New York Giants. Because they beat the Seahawks, 17-12. Yeah. Um, so, what in particular? I mean, obviously, that's just the box score. What, why, what in particular did you like about the New York Giants? The defence made plays at the right time and they only gave up one touchdown to Russell Wilson. And they sacked Russell Wilson five times and Williams got 2.5 sacks. They showed a lot of heart and determination. How many defenders can do that anyway? Yeah, that's, It's pretty that's, hard to do that. Yeah, the Seahawks have been on fire. I know they've sort of come under a bit of criticism recently, but at the end of the day, they've performed really well the last... Um, oh, sorry, not performed sort of mixed bag last few weeks. But the Giants' defence has done well. I mean, they've stopped a lot of um, teams this season. And, you know, they're actually not Coming back. They're, they're coming back in there. Yeah. There, so... Yeah, they've got five and seven. Yeah, that's so, a good record. So I know, uh, you know, one of our co-hosts, Nick, he's going to be absolutely delighted with that. So you know, I'm sure he'll be very thankful to you. But uh, thank you, Kira, for contributing this week, and only a few more weeks left now. So you know, you'll have a bit of a break after that. So um, do you want to say thank you to the listeners out there? Thank you. Bye bye. Well, thank you so much, Kira, for that section there. I have got your name right. Your daddy will be so proud. Um, 
and we'll go straight over to you, Suk, which I think I have got right this time. You have got Green Bay. Yes, Green Bay and the Eagles. So, yeah, very much proud of Kira. Is the only person who was professional enough to do a podcast last week. So, yeah. <laughs> Just doesn't have all these kidney stones as an excuse. Kidney, kidney stones. Kidney stones. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I'm only joking, Stuart. Um, now, uh, to be honest, I can't. I've never had it, so, you know. I hope, I can you, never, ask, I hope yeah. you never, ever even have a well, you know, but you've had a kidney infection, haven't you? I've had a, I've had sepsis, Oof, which is probably worse. Yeah, but, yeah. So that that was painful. That was completely like. Yeah, I literally... feel a lot better now. Yeah, wow. Yeah, but I didn't know I had sepsis at the time, so it's not like it was one of them where it was like, oh, you know, after you've been discharged from hospital, what did I have? Oh, you had sepsis. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty dangerous. Thanks. Very. Yeah. yeah my my son's had that as well, but yeah, but wow. Yeah, but honestly, yeah, but, yeah, but kidney stones, even for our listeners, any sort of kidney infection. I had a, a urinary tract infection. I had <laughs> 13, 14 stones to pass. <laughs> Just horrendous, horrendous. But we won't talk about stones and kidneys. We will go straight to Green Bay. Yes. So this finished Packers 30, Eagles 16. A uh, lot to talk about in this game in terms game. of yeah. what's happened. Um, yeah, it was a decent game. The scoreline probably doesn't reflect that, but it was uh, a good game after a certain change was made. But we'll go into that in a, in a short <laughs> while. So the Packers are now nine and three, and the Eagles are three eight and one. Wow, Whoa. we would have thought that at the start of the season. But um, yeah, the, the Packers obviously, you know. Won the game by a fourteen-point deficit, but there was a late rally in by the Eagles, mostly down to the fact that they finally took the plunge and decided that you know what we've had enough of Carson Wentz and we're going to put Jalen Hurts in. Now, my opinion, they should have done this weeks ago. So we all this talk about sort of getting two in, and I'd never agreed with that. But mate, with Jalen Hurts, I've been saying it, banging on the door for weeks, saying. You've got to play them, especially when you've got an Eagles team like, you know, the way they've been playing and the amount of times that um, Wentz is getting sacked. I mean, to be fair, Hurts, I think, got sacked three times in this game as well. So yeah. uh, it just goes <laughs> to show you how poor this offensive line is now with uh, with everything. So that's something that they definitely need to build on next year. But at the end of the day, even though, he, you know, he was sacked three times, he still managed to put in, you know, some plays that made the difference, you know, in terms of getting the game back in. But um, the difference for me, um, obviously, before I talk about the Aaron Jones uh, touchdown, uh, congratulations to Aaron Rodgers, who I believe he's thrown for his, is that his 400th touchdown pass? Yes, yeah. that's correct, yeah. To Devontae Adams. Um, I know there was a is lot. Of... It just his 400th to Devontae Adams, because that's what it feels like. Probably. It? <laughs> it does feel like it. <laughs> De- uh, uh, it really Devon- does. Yeah, to be honest, I'm just glad that Kira didn't pick Devontae Adams uh, this week because I'm getting frustrated with Devontae <laughs> Adams being on that, you know, wide receiver of, of the week award. But uh, actually, you guys probably don't even know who's... Uh, you probably haven't listened to it, have you? So you wouldn't be aware of who the QB wide receiver... Who do you think got the top wide receiver or tight end of the week? Oh, this week. Oh... Actually, before we talk about this, let's see who you think for each position. I want you to guess because you guys haven't listened to this. So, top quarterback, what's your guys' predictions? Baker. What do you I think, would, Stuart? 
Yeah, I would see Baker as well, yeah, 100%. Correct. Uh, yes. Running back? Hmm. I don't know which running back stood out. Stuart? I'm just, I'm just trying to think now. My brain is just trying to go through literally every game. <laughs> it's not an easy thing. It's huh? pretty good. Oh, God. I might actually generate more kidney stones while I'm thinking. I'm not sure that's how it works. I'll give you the answer. It's basically the guy in this game that I'm going to be talking about is Aaron Jones. So... Um, he had that game clinching 77 yard touchdown absolute amazing run now to be fair take that one out of the equation and we're probably not talking about him being the running back of the week but yeah he, that that was an amazing run really to decide that um, you know particular game what what can I say obviously with, with the Eagles you know they, they've sparked a bit of life now into that offence hopefully now with Jalen Hurts in the helm they can maybe well not hopefully, I don't really like the Eagles to be honest, but maybe they can do something uh, which will, you know, reignite them as a as a as a unit on offense, and you know, make the NFC East at least, you know, a bit bearable. The Giants have certainly made it bearable, and Washington have. So, if uh, the Eagles and Cowboys can get their act together in the last few weeks, it's going to be quite an exciting finish to the season. Um, don't really have too much to talk about, but um, let's just go back to the Kirat predictions, just because I, I found it quite intriguing. Who, who do you think's the wide receiver or tight end of the week? Tight end? Oh, God. It was Did a tight end. Kelsey? I'll give you that. Kelsey? No. I was going to say Travis Kelsey. No. Darren Waller. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah he he, but, but he was 24 overall in fantasy points. Who was? He was overall ranking in... Darren Moore. Yeah, but for this week he had two hundred yards plus and yeah, 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 he did, yeah. I'll I'll be perfectly honest though, we watched Red Zone, um obviously because there's no Bucks game and literally by about seven o'clock Kurt had already made his mind up that it was Darren Waller because he <laughs> had annihilated the Jets in the first half. I yeah. think he probably got majority of those yards. Um and defense he's obviously gone for Giants, so that was always a, a good one. But I would have went with Travis Kelsey, to be honest. Nah, Darren Waller, mate. It's amazing. <laughs> but that's his choice anyway. But yeah, not too much else really want to talk about this game. Just, you know, Weldon Town Rogers. Um, and let's see what the Eagles do moving forward. So, yeah. Who, Probably who did, not a lot. Who did Kira have for um, running backs? Aaron Jones. Uh, yeah, Aaron Jones. Just based on that one. T- one run to be fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. he wanted to give it to Cam Akers, but then he just said he, he actually just said himself, he goes, No, I don't want to be biased like Stuart. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Called out. Absolutely, Jesus. But we'll move straight on to me because it's all about me. Um Wow. New England. Chargers. <laughs> Forty-five-zero. We're talking about Brexit any... again. <laughs> a new... England, England is not coming away with this forty-five-zero. No, no way. A new England, we're getting nothing. Oh my God, I mean forty-five-zero. No one could have predicted this. I no, mean, what happened? I mean, I mean, punter returner Gunnar 
Olveski made for the perfect start in the 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 New England Patriots forty five win over the the Chargers in week thirteen. The Patriots special team units were absolutely dominant um, to the point where Olveski uh, looked impossible to tackle on uh, punt returns. Um, I won't name drop, but it was. We're actually talking with uh, the Scottish Hammer about this, and he was actually super impressed. Um, he managed three returns for 145 yards and a touchdown, and uh, one catch for 38 yards and a touchdown. I mean, he should have scored be... last week as well. He would have had one, but he got knocked off the board for that blindside block. So, yeah, I mean, it was a stellar breakout game for the receivers and special teams standout. But of course, this was hardly. Um, the only of the special teams that the Patriots controlled. Um, more on that, obviously, later as we go in. Um, there were so many stars in this game. I mean, seriously, this was just such a standout game. For It was just crazy. Whether it was safety, Devin McCourtney um, for his field goal return touchdown or linebacker Chase Vinovich, which obviously means we spoke about way back in the, 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 the draft days uh, for his interception or quarterback Cam Newton for his three touchdowns. That's the nature of a 45 win. Just about every player on that winning team looked good. Um, when you look at it, I mean, the the first quarter, New England were seven points up. The second quarter, 21 points up. The third quarter, seven points up. The fourth quarter, 10 points up to make it 45. I mean, it's just crazy. But, I mean, it was game over, um, you know, when safety Devin McCourney blocked a field goal. Um, to end the first half. In a way, it delivered a 10-point swing. Rather than the Chargers finish the first half with three points, McCurney took away those three points and scored seven more um, for the Patri- uh, for, for his team. Sorry, um, It was a demoralising moment that put the Patriots up 28 at half-time. It was a deficit that the Patriots almost doubled. Um, a lot of standout things from this game. Uh, the Patriots special teams prove outrageously good. I mean, seriously, and that's obviously a Bill Belichick special. And the Chargers special team proved outrageously shocking. Um, New England blocked a field goal and returned it for a touchdown. The Patriots managed that impressive punt return yardage from Olvesleski um, and downed the ball inside the 20-yard line on three of Jake Bailey's four punts. Meanwhile, this is what's happening for the, the, the Chargers. Um New England's defence was masterful, though, really. I mean, the fourth rookie quarterback, Justin Herbert, to throw you know, multiple interceptions and a game for the first time in his young career. Um, it was Herbert's worst performance of the season, which will surely earn him. Uh, he will get Rookie of the Year award. Um, New England pressured him all night with 11 quarterback hits and three sacks. Um, this is probably the most tape I've watched in a long time. I watched it three times yesterday. Um, and then when the Chargers turned to their running game, Adrian Phillips, 12 tackles, one pass deflection, was there to swallow up Austin Eckler and Kalen Balazs. Mm. Um, Adrian Phillips, Dam- a former Charger as well, by the way. Yes. Uh, Damien Harris continues to run with power, even uh, with the box stacks to defend him. He finished with 16 carries for 80 yards. Newton wasn't bad either with 14 carries for 48 yards and two touchdowns. But the offensive field position was so good that it hardly mattered who was getting the yards for New England. And that's in part why Newton threw for just 69 yards. The Patriots were content to run the football while letting the defence and special teams control the game. I mean, that is complete playoff hunt. Um, Unfortunately, though, for the Patriots, the New York Jets couldn't pull off um, an upset win over the Raiders in Week 13. Uh, the Jets collapsed, and that doesn't help New England 
which currently need to get past the Raiders, who are 7-5. and five. You've got the Baltimore Ravens, 6-5. and five, And you've got the Miami Dolphins, who are 8-4. and four, Or the Indianapolis Colts, who are 8-4. and four. That's not a pretty picture when the Patriots are 6-6. Six and six. Oof. It's a tough one. It's a Ooh, tough one. I don't think they do it. I don't think they've got quite enough. They're what to their their basic. Well, I don't know though. The Ravens. I know the Ravens. I, know. I don't I know. think the Ra- Raiders are getting there. So Ravens. It, it's the Patriots. They always come good towards the end of the season. You, you think do. that every single time you're like, oh, it's September. Tom Brady's it's, he's finished. It's over, and then he wins the Super Bowl, and then it's the same yeah. thing year after year. You, you, you come to December. You start sort of that January. He starts playing football. And the pay- yeah, absolutely. And that's Bill Belichick's way of playing football. Yes. It does help when he goes up against a rookie quarterback. He he just annihilates them every time, doesn't he? Yeah, but he we, really does. Yeah, this is this is interesting for the Pats because it is kind of what they've been known for the past couple of years is strong defense. And then, like you said, it didn't matter where the offense was because they were so close to the end zone. They're not great. They only got two. I mean, in a forty-five nil win, they get under three hundred total yards. Pretty much says it all, doesn't it? Crazy. So, did you watch the game? Um, no. <laughs> no, I watched. It's, um, the, it's, I watched it's not one that you on, want to. I watched obviously what I could on red zone, but for me, like you say, special teams, good defense. I, I can see them turning the Rams over today. Honestly, can. Especially on a Thursday. Yeah. On a Thursday. 100%. Especially on Stoke, on a cold, cold night in Stoke. <laughs> a cold Tuesday night in Stoke. I've actually been yeah. Stoke away on a Tuesday night and come away with a win, so we're Leicester. <laughs> I'm just saying. I've done it before. Absolutely fantastic. So, we will finish up tonight with Ryan, you've got the, the Chiefs coming oh, this, this is not the last game we're talking about, Stuart. You know that. You, you can try and avoid it. <laughs> I will talk about this game, but there's one more at least to come. Absolutely. Yeah, Denver-Kansas City was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. But I, it's, Denver are very much like the Jags, and you just know that that quarterback is not the player. So it doesn't really matter what they're going to do this year because then they're going to lose these games where their defense puts them in a shout of winning, which they did. Uh, Denver had just stymied the Kansas City Chiefs for most of the first half. But, I mean, Drew Locke threw an interception on his first drive. Drew Locke threw an interception on their last drive, which completely snuffed out any comeback attempt. But other than that, it was it was good to see Denver kind of half living up to what they what they probably should be. They had Melvin Gordon going on the ground, 131 rushing yards from 15 carries. Philip Lindsay had 14 carries. That that tandem hasn't really got going properly all season, but when it does, I think it gives Denver kind of the identity that they need. They need to be one of these tough defense, run the clock out, and then they just need a quarterback who is good enough. And Drew Locke really isn't that. Uh, but the defence, you know, they kept Mahomes. I mean, Mahomes had 300 yards, but he only had one touchdown. He was hitting Travis Kelsey a lot. Eight receptions, 136 yards and a touchdown. Uh, other than that, Tyreek Hill got his share as usual. But they were they were kind of roughing up the, the Chiefs and knocking them out of their rhythm. The 
Patrick Mahomes didn't look entirely comfortable. Obviously, they came back and won it. But, I mean, the Chiefs were 10-3 down at some point in the, the second quarter. All they could really get were field goals in the first half, made it 10-9. And that was off the back of another problem that Denver have, which is questionable coaching, I think. Um, so they went for a 57-yard field goal with a minute or so left before half time. I understand you kind of want to, you know, hit Kansas City while they're down, but a 57-yarder gives Patrick Mahomes more than enough time and space to work his way in and brings deficit just to one point. Same thing then happens in the third quarter. Chiefs go ahead, 10-12s. And it was uh, one of those kind of games where Mahomes wasn't great. The Chiefs weren't great. Their rushing attack was not there. Uh, they only hit, they had Levy on Bell as their main running back, so no Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. 11 carries, 40 yards for Lev Bell. But they're just too talented to not win a game like this against a Denver team who can't put up the points to challenge them. You need to at least get 20 points to beat the Chiefs. And Denver just aren't able to do so. They had the chance. They, you know, there was 19-16... 22-16, they could have you know, edged their way back in. They just couldn't get downfield. Drew Locke couldn't lead them down there. And the Chiefs kind of, I think they've clinched their spot in the playoffs now because the AFC West is not great, as usual. Yeah. So it's, uh, I think the Chiefs are probably going to be the, I'm sorry, Stuart, they'll be the team to beat in the AFC. Even, oh, when, yeah. even when they look off in days like this, they, they can still beat you right. so yeah absolutely know, it's, it's, absolutely it's they are absolutely. just championship material aren't they so yeah not not too much coming out of, out of kansas city in this one but yeah the, the chiefs doing cheapy things john elway's <laughs> yeah. really they, they did john elway's really got a look at the draft and got got to get a quarterback in there who doesn't turn the ball over drew lock had 150 yards two touchdowns two interceptions that's it's just not good enough at all, uh, but I think yeah, I think we're back back to you, Stuart. You've got you've got a game to talk about this week, have you? Have I still got a game to talk about? I think I th- definitely think there was a game that you probably watched that uh, that happened this week. I can send you the tape oh. if you want. Yeah, we all taped. <laughs> <laughs> M- Monday night, Monday night, ring any bells? It's all good. It's all good here. <laughs> but oh. did anyone actually watch Baltimore and the Cowboys? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> Two awful teams. You know, we had Sunday night, Monday night, and I shouldn't be. I can't do ungrave- Yeah, it's just difficult because, mate. You know, got work and everything. I, I watched the highlights, but I didn't. I didn't stay up to watch all the game. No. No. I thought it was an interesting game, actually. No, but can you please? Yeah, we're not we've got Tuesdays. we've got Steelers fans who listen to this podcast. We want your insights to it. Gareth, our friend, wants some insight. There, there is no insight if you listen to the start of the podcast. I elaborate lightly. Look, we we always say <laughs> how annoyed we get. I am about you listen, talking guys, about Steelers. Now we we're giving you really... the opportunity. Come on, no. 
he's given me the opportunity to get pissed off because I am not one. I'm not going through that. Hang game on a minute. And I know... Hang on a minute, Stuart. Me and <laughs> me and Ryan. Ryan has had to sit through watching the Seahawks lose to the New York Giants, and he's yeah, knowing they were going to lose, knowing they were going to lose. Yes, and I have to sit through and watch. Finish. He has gone out and just talked about it. Seahawks have been on a bad run. He's talked about it week on week about how poor they've been playing. I've been talking about how rubbish the books have been week on week. If the books lose to the Vikings next week, I'll be talking about it. So you I should be doing the I same. Started off, I am 100% not because we're going to absolutely dismantle the Bills. Then we're going to go straight on. And This I is mean, the week actually, 13 just... recap. So, uh, Stuart, you need to do it. <laughs> He's thrown his, he's thrown his terrible towel out of the pram. Otherwise, no, the terrible towel is getting thrown out because <laughs> we're going to beat Bills, we're going to do Bengals, we're going to do Colts, and we're going to absolutely annihilate the Bills. Let's, let's, let's talk about Alex Smith. Let's talk about Alex. Smith. Yeah. I mean, seriously though. I mean, if anyone, I mean, our, to be this is getting being serious here, is everyone saying, "Oh, come back in the year, Ben Roethlisberger." No, Alex Smith gets it. One hundred percent. I mean, wow. Yeah. I mean, wow. I mean, incredible. He does now. Absolutely he incredible. does now. A few weeks ago, I said he didn't deserve to be in that conversation. I know that what was you yeah, he yeah, played yeah. one snap, but now he hadn't done anything. Yeah, he's actually played, and he's played in a few games, and now he's pulled this off or assisted in helping this off. Yes, but, he deserves but, to be in that conversation. The fact is, he went up. He went up against the Steelers' defense, and. He took hits. He, he oh, mm. phenomenal! Absolutely phenomenal. Yep. Especially considering they lost Gibson so early on in the game as well. That for most teams that would have been eh, pretty much losing your most dynamic offensive player. That's it. And even McLaurin had a quiet game as well, didn't he? Uh, yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Two catches, fourteen yards. There's nothing really, but mm. was, well, I'm guessing Connor was injured again. Yeah. To me, that's a worry. He's he's very injury prone. Mm. You, you're going to need somebody else in there. No, hundred percent. But but guys, you're not dragging me in <laughs> to speak about that Steelers game. It's not happening. I'm not being pulled well, in. Well, that's I'm fine. Next focused. time the Seahawks and the Bucks lose, we're we're not going to talk about it. Then we're gonna we're gonna sit here but in that, a little heavy strop like But this. that was that was that was that was part of the segments that Ryan selected for us tonight. Was it? <laughs> we always talk about there was no, there was no Steelers Washington game involved in my because that's self-explanatory. To talk about your team. <laughs> wow, <laughs> he's wriggling like a worm on a hook. This is brilliant. Mate, if you this was a court of law, you would have been. No, I'm <laughs> actually sitting at the moment, and my legs are wiggling like a worm. I'm like, I'm not doing this. I'm not effing doing this. Stuart Love, I found you in contempt of this podcast and sentenced you to talk about <laughs> the Washington football team. No. Absolutely what, what happened not in the soon. fourth quarter, Stuart? Um, right, guys, the podcast is over. <laughs> so, Have a good one and thank you for a Washington. good show. F off. <laughs>